0: is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead.
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 159, for Wednesday, April the 9th, 2014. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, those of you that are still with us now that season four is all finished up. Wrapped. Wrapped, yeah, because I know not everyone sticks around during the summer, but those of you that do are going to be in for something really special this summer. I would think so. Because, and I don't even know what that is yet, but it's bound, it's bound to be special. (laughs) You're just assuming. (laughs) I I assume it's going to be awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. I see, I think that's a safe assumption. Um, but it's finally feeling like spring here in Toronto, which has been a long time coming. And I'm oh, hap- finally! Finally, I can actually
2: spend some time in my garage. I'm, I'm so happy.
1: It is you have a you have a good garage. You really do. And I'm working on it. Working I'm on it. I'm just happy that we can go outside without you know worrying about digging through eight feet of snow and being in minus a hundred weather. So it's that's
2: pretty extreme, Chris. I think you might be exaggerating just a little bit.
1: Well, Jason, hyperbole is the best thing ever. So it is. That's and I told you a
2: million times not to exaggerate.
1: <laughs> that's right. Uh anyways, it's feeling it's feeling much nicer outside. We're getting into spring finally. And uh after spring comes summer, and then comes fall, and then the walking dead's back on. So really it's gonna be like tomorrow, just around the corner. And
2: more snow and more minus a hundred weather and uh digging out the driveway
1: and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, just around the corner, Chris. But by then I'm gonna be Living in California and enjoying the sunny California really? moving down there uh, i would love to man, I must Do admit it. i I like California quite a bit, and it would be great if for the for the weather for nothing else, but I think it'd also be a fun place to be
2: don't don't even quit your job, just burn your house down and leave <laughs> you know your work will figure out that you've left after a while,
1: yeah, probably uh pretty quickly, I would say yeah just just go, man, just pack the car up, burn the house down, and go. I really don't know if burning the house down is necessary, though. No, that's a requirement. You have to do that. If you're going to leave the country, you got to burn the house down. Well, I'm not going, then. Not, okay. Not going. Hey, whatever you want to do, man. I'd rather rent my house and just leave. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, good times are, will be had by all. This is going to be a good episode, too. We've got some more listener feedback. People are Yay. still talking about the season finale. And we're going to get caught up on the Walking Dead news, which is something we haven't done in a long time, too fun 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 and it will be fun to see what's been going on in the world of the walking dead you know that outside of the actual tv show episodes so right. that's what we're gonna do the first thing though is something that uh we've been doing for a while now even though the contest is over we have a, we have another scene sent in uh from ian in peabody massachusetts cool so we're gonna play that right now here we go
0: those windows. What's on the outside? Uh, about a 20-foot drop with nothing to catch you. Maybe some bushes. Uh, then the athletic field. Just need enough time. Gotta get up there. Gotta get them open and get out. Not me. <laughs> Maybe you. Hey, hey, hey. Come on, man. Look at me. You really think I can squeeze through one of them tiny windows? They'd be all over us. Look, we lay down some fire to get a head start. You stay here. I hop down and draw him away. That gives you the chance to get up the bleachers and out a window. And where do you go? Locker room. Down those steps. Looks like a good way to get trapped. It's got windows, too, and more my size. I get out through one. I double back. We meet out on the field. You crazy son of a bitch, ain't you? Just trying to do right for that boy. You take three shots, and you go after that. I fire. I'll lay down a cover for you. I'll get you lead. All right. Oh, God. Ah!
1: How about those zombie noises?
2: Gunshots. That's exciting.
1: Yeah. Sound effects, everything. Actual gunshots, actual zombie noises. So that was Shane and Otis in the uh, high school trying to get supplies after Carl was shot in season two. Yeah, of course, right before Shane took out Otis so he could save himself. We we sh- we could have had more Otis in the show. I could have, uh, you know, I could have spent a couple of seasons with Otis and be, you know, much enjoyed. Oh, I agree. It's uh, you know, I I I enjoyed the storyline that we did get with Otis. Yeah. And that scene in particular that Ian just uh recorded, you know, was was really good. But you're right. I would I would have liked to have seen Otis last a little bit longer, you know, maybe they could have drawn it out a bit more. But that was awesome. Keep sending in those uh, those scenes. That's uh, that's good fun stuff. It's very good. I'm I'm hoping to have one every, every podcast. You know, we've got some more still from the contest, and if you want to record, keep recording them. Everybody, please do. I am going to string them all together and release all of the uh, uh, release them as, as basically a podcast, commentary free. Just put them all out there so you can hear them. I'll probably do that over the next couple of weeks, so uh, you'll cool. you'll have that pretty soon. All right, Jason, I want to talk about Facebook for a second. Oh, okay. If we can.
2: About Facebook in general or our Facebook page on Facebook?
1: Well, let's talk about our Facebook page. But if you have any thoughts on Facebook in general, feel free to share them. Okay. But the reason I want to bring it up is that we are currently sitting at a little over 45,000 likes on our Facebook Holy page. Holy cannolis. It was like 32 like yesterday. I know. It's... The increase lately has been absolutely overwhelming. It's just been really, really incredible with how fast that's been growing.
2: That's fantastic.
1: And, you know, I'm feeling like I should get as much sort of podcast content up there on Facebook as I can just to, well, partly to to take advantage of all these people that are liking us on Facebook, but also just uh, because that seems to be where the party is at, right?
2: Well, that actually makes me want to go onto
1: Facebook and uh, see what's going on there. You should, man. You should. I posted the the Stookie Monster we got from a listener on there. Cool. People seem to like that. Other stuff, too. Now, so over 45,000 as of right now, I expect it to slow down in the coming weeks and over the summer because, you know, we probably won't be podcasting quite as much. Although I must say, over this summer, I'd like to try and keep as as regular a schedule as we can. Um, But I do expect it to slow down a bit. But I feel like we're, you know, we're really likely to hit 50,000 pretty soon. That'd be cool. If it keeps up. 50,000. Like, can you, do you remember when we were at 500? Yes. And we were I, like... I remember uh, us being in uh, New York for the New York Comic Con,
2: and it got over, just over a 1,000, and we were super happy. Did that happen when we were in New York? I think so. It was right around uh, the premiere. Yeah. And it was just, it was like, oh my God, a 1,000, and then it was 1,200, and oh my God. I know. I'm re- still exciting, and now it's... It's it's
1: what what I can't even believe the number fifty grand. Checking it (laughs) fifty thousand. So um, we're we're getting there.
2: I don't think I've ever had fifty thousand of anything at any one time, any time in my life. Well, now you do. Well, except for you know maybe rice. If I I might have fifty thousand grains of rice in my pantry, how about maybe? (laughs) How
1: about uh, grains of sand in a bucket?
2: Yeah, Well, yeah, that kind of thing. But actual, you know, things that are important, you know, individually. Such as likes on Facebook. <laughs> such as likes on Facebook or, you know, dollars would be nice.
1: All at 50, once? $50,000, all at once. In your pocket? In my pocket. And you could go out and buy whatever you wanted. It'd be a big pocket. Yeah, probably. Especially if it was loonies and toonies. Oh my God. Anyways, so what do you think, man? Should we do something special for 50,000 likes? Yeah, like what? You got something in mind? No, <laughs> I'm, I'm asking you. Uh, right. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure what we we can do really, but uh, I'm I'm just I'm just excited that it's that it's getting there. Now, I will be completely honest with everyone. I'd like to just break it down for a second and be honest. Okay. I understand, and you may not have realized this, but I understand that at least some of those likes, possibly many of them, are. Because people go looking for AMC's Talking Dead show, they find our page, and they like it thinking that they are liking AMC. Now, I don't know why... I don't know if that happens a lot or a little or whatever, but it must happen a little bit, and I'm not sure how, you know, you could mistake us for them since the AMC logo is nowhere on our stuff and things like that, but I'm sure it happens, and I'm totally aware that probably some of those likes aren't really for us. Right. But I got to think that, you know, at least a good portion of them are. I'll take it. I'll take it. And frankly, I'll take it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, It's just one of those things. We didn't do anything to deceive people. We didn't do anything to entice them to come to our page instead of AMCs. I think I've always been pretty open about the fact that we have nothing to do with them. Right. And since, you know, since we've been around a lot longer than they have again, I'll take it. And hopefully some of those people have come and have started listening and have enjoyed what they've heard. So, Well, I'll tell you what, when we hit 50,000 likes on our Facebook
2: page, I will post something.
1: Oh, there we go.
2: (laughs) I will actually go on to Facebook, sign in, find the page, which I assume is fairly easy, and I will post something.
1: Yeah, I only say it at the end of every podcast. So uh, you should be able to find it. You can post something. That'll be exciting, man. You yeah. can actually have an interaction with our fans on Facebook.
2: An interrogatory.
1: Ooh, see? That's that's <laughs> exciting right there.
2: I'll use that word.
1: Anyways, I just wanted to bring that up. Thank you so much to everyone who goes to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. And, uh, you know, AMC's show, I think, has well over a million likes, so I really don't feel too bad. Yeah. You know? Uh, anyways, thanks to everyone who goes there and participates, and it's uh, it's really really fun. And if we hit fifty thousand, Jason's gonna join the conversation too. That'll be exciting. You'll text me, right? Yeah, I'll let you know. Like you'll worry. let me know somehow. I'll let you know. All right, definitely Thank you. let you know. All right, Jason. Let's move into another round of this. Listener oh. feedback. All righty, me first. I take it, eh? All right, this email comes from Chris in Huntsville. He says, I think we are missing a key component of the Terminus meal plan. Mary, every time we see her, she is working the grill, and that is a lot of meat going to waste to have her cooking all day just in case company shows up. My bet is that they drug the food, and once their dinner guests pass out, they move them to the train cars. This is probably also how they get one Out of the train car when it's time to restock the pantry. Just knock the group out and shop at your leisure. After starving for a few days, even potentially drugged meat will start to look good. Right. Because as we've seen, when Glenn and Maggie and the gang showed up, there was meat cooking already. So it's not like they said, here, have a seat, I'll cook something up for you. It was already going. Right. When Rick and everybody showed up just before all hell broke broke loose there was already meat cooking on that grill so they're clearly cooking constantly how many people were in the uh, the
2: cafe i assume that that's a cafe because there was tables and such and there was, so there was you know there was a smattering of people maybe five or six people there where you mean like out by the grill out by the grill yeah, yeah. i assume that that's a that's a cafe or their cafeteria kind of thing outdoor cafeteria which is kind of weird but anyway um So I I assume that if that's the people that are there, just milling about that time of day, and we also had four or five people doing their jobs in the radio room where they were painting signs and the lady was talking on the radio. Um, So, at the people we've seen, you know, numbers about fifteen or twenty at the max, and if you assume that that's about a third of the people, so you know, thirty people. um, I'm just wondering. You know, you pretty much have to have, and working in shifts, you pretty much have to have the grill
1: on a lot of the time, right? Let's say there's, yeah, you're right. We've probably seen 15 to 20, well, maybe not even, maybe not quite 20, but we've seen maybe 15 people. Right. And yeah, even if that's only half, that's 30 people, there could be up to 50 there. We don't really know. To feed 50 people, I guess you're right. I mean, you you need to be cooking fairly regularly.
2: Yeah, well, I'm just—I uh, guess the only concern I have is if they are drugging the food, and that makes perfect sense. That uh, you know, drug drug the food so that uh, the people that show up get—you know—they pass out, and then you throw them in a the box car, and you're done. Um, and that's how you get them out of the uh, out of the box cars as well. What drug, and where do they get it, and do they have a consistent supply? Right, like they could, uh, you know, if they were cooking turkey, that's one thing, because then it's full of tryptophan, and everybody gets really sleepy after eating turkey, and they just kind of, you know, watch a football game and go to sleep.
1: Yeah, here, have this turkey. Here's a football <laughs> game. Please sit down and enjoy. <laughs> yeah, here's a uh, here's a lazy boy in a football game. Yeah, we'll see you later. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they could be drugging the food, and I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that's the case, but. When it comes right down to it, right, what is the drug? Where are they getting it? Why do they have so much? There can't be that many drugs out there that you eat, that you ingest, and immediately knock you out. Yeah. Or or even if it's not immediate, like over time, right, that totally knock you out. So it must be something kind of special if that's what they're doing. Yeah. They should just pull a Dexter and, uh, you know, order whatever drug,
2: uh, you know, mixture 99 or whatever the hell he calls it, and you just uh, inject it in their neck when they're not
1: looking. Right, and that That knocks people out right away. Almost immediately. For a long time, too, so... Yeah. All right, well, good theory, Chris. Thank you for sending that in. All
2: right, next we have Adam in Kitchener. Why over the past season at all the... uh, Why over the past season at all the jail were there always walkers around the prison fence, but at Terminus there are no walkers to be seen? Also, after the gunfire, wouldn't you think walkers would be swarming the gates?
1: Yeah, there seem to be a lot of problems with walkers around the prison even when they were trying to keep quiet right and keep out of sight yet at terminus we haven't seen a single zombie crowd in that gate
2: we have uh i guess the, the assumption i'm making is that they have roving patrols like they're they uh, the the prison was very reactive right you stay inside the fence and deal with the walkers as they come to the gates or come to the fence and uh, you dispatch them there whereas i uh, terminus is uh is an older, more mature um, encampment, and so I assume that there are there's, there's uh, patrols going around and taking out walkers before they even you know get a chance to bunch up and or get to the get to the gates. So they're just uh, more. They would, al- they would also be able to spot uh, a
1: herd and go, holy crap, there's a herd, and uh, somehow deal with that before they actually show up so they're just more proactive about it. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking is it Terminus does look like a bigger th- place. You know, right. when when Glenn and Maggie got there and everybody they had to go through two or three gates before they were sort of into the inner sanctum where Mary was cooking on the grill. Right. So the the people inside Terminus even if there are 30 or 40 or 50 of them may not be as obvious to walkers outside, right? The walkers are attracted to sound. They're attracted to movement. They are attracted to smell of these people. If none of those things are apparent at Terminus from outside, then right. maybe they're just not quite as attracted to it, and zombies will just pass on by and not pile up at the gates because um, because there's nothing there to attract them. Plus, you know, Terminus is at least partially bordered by forest. We know yeah. that because Rick and them went into the forest, and on another side, it's it's train tracks, and so, yeah, I think it's just maybe bigger, so it's not as obvious that there are, there's a food source food source there for zombies, right? You know, or we can just go ahead and assume roving bands of ninjas. Yeah, well, they might be ninjas too, uh, and they seem to have an awful lot of snipers on rooftops, so yep, maybe every building has like four or five guys on there, and they just spend all day picking off zombies that come anywhere near the place. Right. What's the? Um, you may not know this, but what is the maximum distance a sniper can can hit something and accurately? Like it's really far, right?
2: Well, it depends on the sniper, but I would assume somewhere in the neighborhood of four, maybe five kilometers.
1: Man, that is really far.
2: With a really, you know, uh, a really high-powered sniper rifle. Like I, I know, uh, I, like from the, you know, the fictional novels that I've read that. Uh, you know, a kilometer and a half, two kilometers can be done. So I assume, I assume the maximum, uh, I, I don't know about accurate, but, uh, you know, under the right conditions, maybe, a, you know, three or four kilometers.
1: So, like, with the with the best sniper rifle there is available, a really experienced, good shooter, and, you know, the right weather conditions and all these sorts of things, you're thinking in a perfect scenario, probably four kilometers. That's pretty far still, man. Right. Wow. All right, so I just looked on Wikipedia,
2: and we have the uh, the longest recorded sniper kills, and I'm looking at twenty-two hundred meters, twenty-four hundred meters, well, it, yeah, so two two and a half kilometers, sixteen hundred meters, that kind of thing.
1: Okay, so it's not so as we, far as I thought. It's
2: not. these are recorded kills, but uh, I am sure that uh, you know. On practice shots with less, you know, more controlled circumstances, uh, taking advantage of correct weather and not being under the stress of combat situation, of a combat situation, that uh, mm-hmm. an accurate shot can be made at a greater distance than that.
1: Sure. Okay. Anyways, I just thought of that because they do seem to have a lot of people on rooftops at Terminus, so they're shooting snipers four kilometers away, maybe. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> shooting the shooting top zombies. The three kills
2: I mean. are, uh, one, the top uh, longest kill is United Kingdom, and the next two are Canadian.
1: Wow. Oh, well, look at us.
2: And then the, uh, on the fourth
1: place is the U.S. Well, just saying. There you go. According to Wikipedia. We got some fine snipers in this country. Yep. All right. Uh, our next communication is a call from Josh in Maine. Hey, guys. This is Josh from Maine calling in. Uh, just a quick thing. Uh, when Rick and Daryl are putting the— That was my coworker honking at me when he went by. So I'm going to go ahead and start again. When Rick and Daryl were putting the guns in the ground and they were talking, you can actually see someone moving in the back. Now, I've only watched this once. Oh, that was unfortunate. Anyways, Josh, um, what he was saying is he's, there's somebody moving in the background when uh, Rick is bearing the guns outside Terminus. Well, and I went back and checked. Sorry you got oh. cut off there, Josh. I don't know what happened to that. That audio file. Anyways, um, I went back and checked, and indeed, there is a shadowy figure off in the distance, way out of focus, just sort of amongst the trees. And uh, if I remember correctly, I think Josh speculated that it could have been Michonne, could have been a random zombie, or it could have been one of these roving scouts from Terminus. Ninjas. And one of the ninjas. Oh, it couldn't have been a ninja. A ninja wouldn't have been seen on film. No, that's true. So maybe just, you know, one of the lower level ninjas who hasn't quite mastered no, that yet.
2: No, no, if you're if you're a ninja, you're a ninja. It's it's like being a little bit pregnant. You can't be a little bit pregnant. If you're, you know, you can't be just sort of a ninja. <laughs> you can't you're be n- just either a ninja or you're not a ninja. All right. So it must have been some kind of uh, uh reconnaissance scout of some kind.
1: Okay, so I went and checked and sure enough there is something back there. Now, a couple things. Number 1, this comes right after the scene where Michonne and Carl have their big talk about her son, and we cut straight to Rick, and he appears to be looking at them, to be watching them. So they're not that far away. Right. So as we see him putting the guns in the ground, it's very possible that that's just Michonne in the background sort of doing her thing. Right. Um. And that's probably the simplest explanation for it. Now, also could be a walker or... If indeed it is someone from Terminus who's out there, uh, what Josh goes on to say, if I remember correctly, is that in that case, those guns are no longer there. That's true, right? And if those, if Rick is relying on those guns being there uh, for some purpose, or he needs them there for some sort of escape plan later, they're not going to be there. So he may be up a creek without a paddle. You know where they're,
2: uh, where, where they will be. They will be in a convenient location inside Terminus where Rick happens to be when he really needs them. You think so they're going to bring them to
1: Rick is essentially what's going to happen. You think Rick is that kind of character that uh, his magic guns will show up right when he needs them?
2: Well, he put his big gun in uh, inside that stash.
1: So yeah, he has to get it back. It's not It can't be gone. No, you're absolutely right. It cannot be gone. It's like Daryl's crossbow. Yeah,
2: it's Daryl's crossbow. Daryl could fall down a cliff, uh, you know, fall into a river. The river goes off uh, a waterfall. He falls down, lands on a plane. The plane flies away, <laughs> takes him to Australia, throws him in the middle of the outback. He'll roll around and a kangaroo will bring him his, co- his crossbow.
1: It is a part of him. It is part yes. of his character. He is not Daryl Dixon without that crossbow. It's Indiana Jones's hat. You're absolutely right. So Rick's python is the same thing. He's not Rick without that python well he he well, he kind of is Rick without that python, but uh, he will always get it back hes He's got to get it back all right, so we're not too worried. The guns may or may not be gone, but it doesn't matter
2: right yeah if they're if they're still there, that's where they they will be when Rick needs them. If they're not
1: there, whoever takes them is going to bring them to where Rick will get them when he needs them where he will ultimately be right. All right, cool. Anyways, nonetheless, I did not notice that that figure was moving in the background. So everybody, if you want to go check that out, let us know what you think. It's pretty blurry and it's way out of focus. So, you know, you won't be able to tell who it is, but I think there's a few good theories there. And sorry, Josh, again, for cutting you off. I don't know what happened. Uh, I'll do better next time. Okay, you better. So next we have uh, Preston in
2: Dallas, Texas. I think the reason that they search people coming into Terminus is not for weapons but for communication devices. The Terminus people have obviously put a lot of time and effort to spread their propaganda. If word got out that they're uh, of their true nature, it could lead to
1: their downfall. They're they're spreading signs. They are sending a radio message if someone has a cell phone in there. <laughs> right. Or, or a two-way pager, a walkie-talkie of some kind. Yeah. It's like, you know, you might not want to come here. So Right. And nowadays theory.
2: two-way radios, uh, they have a, you know, quite a range
1: of like 50 kilometers on a good day kind of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. What's the maximum distance a two-way range
2: <laughs> Well, the ones I have, uh, that my wife and I bought for, uh, for kayaking are, have a, a reported range of 56 kilometers. That's really far. And, and that's in, uh, you know, ideal circumstances, uh, and uh, she was at home and I went to Home Depot and uh, it was choppy, but I could understand her and she could understand me.
1: Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. How far away is Home Depot?
2: Uh, it's through town, about
1: maybe five kilometers, maybe three kilometers, three and a half. And clearly no line of sight or anything like that. No so. line of sight, lots of buildings, lots of trees and Home Depot. Why didn't you just, <laughs> was this just a test you did? You didn't it want was to use test, your phone? Man. Okay. Here,
2: here, take this. I'm bringing, I've got to go to Home Depot. I'm taking
1: this one with me. Let's find out if they work. That's cool. I'm going to get some for my kids so that they can walkie-talkie with their friends like a couple houses away. Oh, yeah? Actually, I'm not sure I want them to be able to do that. <laughs> Why? Hey, meet me outside. I've got some beer. Uh, when they're older. Not Why right would now. your kids say that? Their they're kids. Like, they I mean, don't drink beer, do they? No. You don't let them drink beer. No, they're seven and four, so no, but I'm talking about when they're older. Oh, I don't, Do you, I don't want do you my... let them bring you beer? Yeah. Uh, well, what do you mean? Like deliver me one from the fridge yeah, to the go couch? Go get
2: me a beer from the fridge.
1: I have done that before. I'm okay. I all am right. <laughs> a little embarrassed to admit. Uh, I've also let them hold unopened beers, like in the liquor store, and we right. got in trouble for that. Oh well, yeah, you can't do that. What why the hell not? I'm like, here. I hold this while I pick up something else. It's a controlled substance. You can't give a kid a beer. It's not open. Doesn't matter. In fact, we didn't get in trouble. The guy just said I could refuse to sell that to you because she was holding it. And I'm like, "What? Are you crazy?" And he said, "Yeah, that's the way it goes. I'm not going to, but I could." Yeah. And No, you uh, can't
2: you can't uh, you can't you can't do that.
1: It's funny. Since then, I've heard the occasional like announcement in the store, sort of recorded announcement. The music stops for a little while, and they say, "Did you know that it is illegal in the province of Ontario for an underage person to hold alcohol while shopping in the store please use yeah. a basket or buggy to do your shopping right and i'm i'm like this is the dumbest rule ever well you could also
2: you could be asleep in your front car a front seat of your car drunk and still get charged
1: with drinking and driving if well, you
2: have access to the keys
1: yeah that's that's fine i'm okay with that it's just it's the stickler stuff right it's
2: uh you know kids are not allowed to have alcohol so don't give them alcohol opened or
1: unopened yeah, I don't know. It It seems a little strange that you can't, you know, make them hold one well just before you pay for it or something. Anyways, way off topic. Yeah. <laughs> Who's next? Brad from Attleboro, England. Brad says, When our heroes finally reunite with each other in the train car, it cuts to one final flashback. It was when Rick placed the sheriff's hat on Beth and said, There's a new sheriff in town. Can you do an Im- imitation of Rick? No. Neither can I. We need someone that can do that. I may be reading too much into it, but I thought it was an interesting time to show this flashback. We see almost all our heroes trapped in danger, but then seeing this flashback was almost hinting that perhaps Beth is the last hope for saving the group. Besides, I think it's pretty clear she isn't at Terminus. They don't hunt people, they lure them. I think Beth and her new group will save the day. Hmm, that would be something I to see Beth like ride in on a white horse and take out everybody on Terminus and save the day and say, here I am. The sheriff is back in town. I'm going to
2: go ahead and say that she's with Nathan Fillion because <laughs> he's in everything I've decided. I just rewatched an episode of Lost and he's, he was in it. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Nathan Fillion will be the savior of Beth and they will save the day. And then, uh, well, he never gets killed. So he's going to just wander off. With his duster and his uh, shotgun,
1: yeah, probably, and uh, and some sort of awesome hat.
2: Well, of course, yeah. Sorry, I forgot to mention the awesome hat that he would probably be wearing.
1: Yeah, I I love Nathan Fillion. You know, I I I like seeing him in in everything. He's uh he's probably not the most dramatic of actors, but he's good in everything he does, and I would I wouldn't be upset if he got a role in The Walking Dead, even if it was just a a small one. Right, you know.
2: Yeah, and so I, I agree with Brad that uh, most likely Beth is not was not captured by Terminus people, that she's with somebody else. At least somebody, maybe somebody's plural, plural, some other people.
1: Yeah, and we've got Beth somewhere and we've got Tyrese, Carol, Judith, also not at Terminus. I think that's safe to assume. Again, we don't know 100% that they're not in some other boxcar. So, you know, if anyone's going to save the day... Somehow, I think it's going to be uh, Terminus. It's going to be Tyrese and Carol, maybe uh, having met up with Beth somehow. Maybe that's how Beth gets reintegrated into the group. I kind of think that's unlikely anyways, but it could play out that way. And uh, if, yeah, if anyone's going to save the day, it's going to be them or the combination of them coming in somehow, realizing something's off, and then, I don't know, helping everyone escape somehow. We'll
2: see. Well, if she shows up with uh, with Carol or meets up with Carol let's hope that she doesn't stub her toe or get a sliver or something because uh, Carol will off her yeah that's right she has, if there's anything wrong with her whatsoever she is
1: dead <laughs> you've got a uh, scratch on your forearm I'm gonna have to chop it off <laughs> yeah you're done I can't
2: uh, I can't endanger the group uh, by having you around with that sliver that sliver could get infected and that infection could uh, lead to some zombieism so uh yeah see ya See you later. Have the fun. Yeah. All right. Next we have uh, Adam on Facebook. I'm listening to the A feedback. When it came to the feedback on why Rick didn't use the F word at the end of the episode, it was not because of censorship. Breaking Bad was allowed two F words a season. During the after show on The Talking Dead, Andrew uh, Lincoln said he didn't want to use the F word. It was
1: basically his call, so he had to go ahead but decided against it as an actor. You know, I watched... The Talking Dead with Andrew Lincoln and Scott Gimple on it. And I don't remember hearing that part, but I must admit, I do sometimes kind of half-watch it because I'm also fooling around on Facebook, you know, talking on to talking to our listeners and, you know, getting ready for this, this podcast. So I do kind of half-pay attention, so it's possible I missed it. But I'll be honest, I would be surprised if Andrew Lincoln had all that much influence on his line. You know right. he may he may have some influence when it comes to the day you know they're doing a scene and and he may be able to say be able to say to the director, "You know it's not coming out right this way. can we just change this word? What do you think and maybe there's some collaboration there. I don't really know how how it goes, but I'd be surprised if that specific line he had any influence over whatsoever. That's a pretty big line, final line of the season, big cliffhanger. If he was like, you know, I don't want to say the F word, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't really be able to make that call. All right, so first of all, don't do that again. What, and, the, the accent? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't <the> know. impression? <laughs> I don't know what kind of accent it was, but he's British, and I'm pretty sure that wasn't <laughs> British, so... Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, he may. Uh, the influence I think he would have over it
2: is, uh, you know, suggesting alternate takes. So can we try it again without the F word? Can we try it with the F word? And, uh,. You know, saying yeah, like you said, I'm not feeling it with the F word. Can we try it without? It doesn't really feel comfortable to me for some reason. Uh, then they try it and they do like it better, and it ends up in the show.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that he'd, he'd be able to say, I want to try different words. He might be able to be like, I didn't really like that one. Can I try saying it with this inflection instead? Can I change the emphasis a little bit? That kind of stuff. That's his job as an actor, right? Yeah. Well, to it di- depends on the director too. Like the director may, you know, offer, uh, you know, offer the ability to, you know, ad lib whatever the hell you want. You know? Yeah, you're right. Um, but it may come down to the director, right? So you're right. It could. It's possible that he had some influence over it. I'm just saying, even in an episode where, or a situation where a director would be open to that kind of thing. I'd be right. surprised if this particular line, being the last one, being so important, and being like the the cliffhanger line for the whole season, I'd be surprised if he'd be able to say, no, I don't like it, let's do it a different way. You right. know, the whole episode was building towards this. And he's, yes, he's Andrew Lincoln, he's the protagonist of this show, but he's not one of the writers, and he's right. not a director, so... I don't know. Um right, right. I had uh even though I loved this episode, I had some other issues with that final cup uh final line, final scene that uh were bigger than not saying the F word. And uh I, I don't know. I it had to do more with the line that came right before it. Do you remember what it was? No. So he says these feet these people are going to feel pretty stupid. And then somebody says, "Why?" And he says, "When they find out that they're screwing with the wrong people, right, and I don't understand that that question like they're not gonna feel stupid, they're gonna feel dead, <laughs> really right i mean they're it it doesn't seem to to me it I feel like it would have just worked a lot better is if even that beginning part wasn't there, and he just said, uh you know if he just really sold these people are screwing with the wrong people or this." you know, this group is screwing with the wrong people kind of thing. He right. didn't need to say they're going to feel pretty stupid when they find out. Well, maybe he's going to quiz them. Well, you know,
2: he's going to, he's going to, you know, pose questions to them and they're not going to be able to answer them because Rick is just so much smarter than, and Eugene's there. Oh my God.
1: Yeah, the mullet's there. So
2: Professor Mullet's there and uh, he's just going to pose dumb questions
1: and nobody's going to get it right because they're all going to be about Star Trek and who watches Star Trek? Nobody can defeat the armored pierogi. That's right. Anyways, I just think that they're not going to feel stupid. No one would ever say they're going to feel pretty stupid. It's going to be like, you know, these people are going to wish they'd never met us because they're screwing with the wrong people. Like that kind of thing would have had even more impact. And it took a little bit away from that final scene for me, more so than the lack of the word fuck. Right. That's all I'm saying. Well, there you go. All right. uh, Is it my turn? Yep. Christian... Christian on the internet says, in general, I'm pretty pleased with the season and the tone it has set. I really enjoy most of the scenes they have pulled from the comic. The adaptation of Carl's near-rape scene was pure class. I don't know if that'd be the best way to describe a rape, but anyways. (laughs) He goes on, "Uh, overall, I'm pretty pleased with Gimple's work so far. If I could change something for the next season, then I would like the season to be more of one season instead of two separate halves, or almost separate halves. Right. And I agree with that, but what could you do? I mean, this season, to me, felt like the first half was kind of like the the end of season three, and the second half was when we started season four, or even sort of got into the beginning of season five, or the transition into season five. And season four was this kind of, like, weird combination of those two things. Yeah. Well, I think that the trend in television is to have the two separated
2: uh nowadays and you know the walking dead is even taken it a step further where they, where they have a you know kind of a mid-season finale like it's a big deal and then it stops and then they get purposefully uh knowing that it's coming back in uh you know in February whereas other shows just kind of show a bunch of episodes and then just casually start showing repeats for a while and then it comes back with new shows and it's very jarring and unnerving whereas at least with The Walking Dead yes it does separate it into two distinct halves but at least we know about it and we expect it Mm -hmm.
1: but AMC this is an AMC thing I don't know I like you know obviously Breaking Bad did this Mad Men is doing this and um, you know do HBO shows do this I don't think they do Sopranos did Sopranos had a year and a half off between like in the middle of the season Just in their last season, or throughout the run, I I don't
2: I forget where uh, you know if it was just the last season or the last two seasons, but they had a huge break in the middle, and even. uh uh, what's the name of that show where Cylon, uh, Boomers of Cylon? Yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica, they did the same thing. Their final season had a huge break in it.
1: You know, somebody wrote in and told me that they were upset that you spoiled that because they just started watching Battlestar, and then you come along and say that. Oh,
2: come on. It's revealed in the second episode called Water. There's like there's the <laughs>
1: miniseries, there's 33, and then Water, and it's revealed there. I'm sorry. Someone wrote in and said, it's too bad Jason for me. 2004. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's been ten years. I, you know, the, the the jig is up. Good God, ten years ago that started, man. Where I think does so. where does the time go? It goes into the past, my friend, yeah. rather quickly. Oh, f- the that it sure does, man. The years fly by. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something like, uh, tr- "A true detective did not take a break," but you could understand that because it's brand new. If it took a break, they might lose viewership because. You know, people haven't totally invested in it yet. It's a new show. True Blood, does that take a big break in the middle? I can't remember now. I don't know. I've mentally given up on that show, really. There's only one more season. You can't give up on it now. you got to watch the final season. No, I'll keep watching it. That's, uh... It's ridiculous, absolutely. And it's totally silly, but it's also fun. I think it's fun. Yeah. Anyways, moving on.
2: Moving on. Okay, so next we have uh, Tim in New Orleans. Uh, I think that the season five opener could begin with having some amount of time having passed. If I remember correctly, as Rick and the others were entering the train car, they looked on the ground and saw some kind of food boxes, maybe powdered milk. Uh, The Terminus folks seem to be feeding their people, they put in the train car, I guess to fatten them up for dinner. Uh, If that's true, then some time could pass between the seasons with the group being fed and being uh, ignorant of why they are being held. Uh, this would give them some time to regroup, debrief uh, from the prison fall plan, and to give Carol and Tyrese time to get there.
1: That's a pretty good concept, actually, that if there's going to be some time past, maybe our characters never actually leave the damn train car box. Right. You know, maybe the time passed is two weeks. They've been in there that whole time. They're being fed. That place is just nasty at this point, because you know what's been going on in there. Pooping. That's right. If they're in there
2: for two weeks, <laughs> God, I... maybe they have a poop hole, and that the uh, terminus people are, you know, taking the poop bucket out to the woods to My throw at the zombies.
1: There's 12
2: people in there. It's no, like they oh, got to deal with the poop. You can't just let people poop in uh, in the train
1: car, especially not if you're going to eat these people after. I mean, that's not going to be good. But I'm just thinking, like, there's 12 people in there. Somebody's like, oh, can everyone turn around again? I'm just going to go over to the corner. Uh, plug your ears, please. And... Oh, after a few
2: weeks, you stop caring about that. Really?
1: Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> that time you were stuck in a train car with 12 other people for three no, weeks? That
2: time I was in basic training when uh, they had a whole row of, to- row of toilets without any
1: separation from them whatsoever. Seriously? Yeah. What is, it, what is wrong with the universe? Don't people everywhere deserve a little bit of privacy? Not, not in the military, no. It's
2: a, it's a method of bonding. You but, get these people together; they get uh, they get extremely used to each other, and it's just it's a complete bonding experience. I don't fault them for that whatsoever. I'm in, just saying that they don't have any privacy, including taking a crap in front of each other. Well, you, yeah, you just
1: do you know you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I know you can't; you have to at some point. But I I don't see the benefit. It seems ridiculous. Um, I have a story Sorry. about that, but that's for uh, that's for another time. Uh, what's next? Matt in Bristlington, Bristol, UK. Has it only been five to seven days since the prison attack? Looking at what has happened to each group in the second half of season four, I don't think it can be much longer. From tanks and decapitation to boxcars and cannibals, that has to count as a really bad week. Uh, It really does. (laughs) Not much more could go wrong for these people to go from being attacked with a tank to being stuck in a train car about to be eaten. Wish they had that tank now. Oh, they sure do. All right, next we have Chris
2: in the UK. Ah, the bittersweet pleasure of a series finale. A season finale, I guess. He's from the UK, so it's the same thing. As ever, I have several thoughts, but the main one is about why this year worked better than the last. Season three ended with a whimper, an anticlimax which, seemingly deliberate, was unsatisfying for everyone. Season four with ended with a call to arms. How are we going to kick some ass? Uh, is a way more compelling question for the break than how do we feed all these hangers on. This time last year, Chris said that he was particularly excited to know what would happen next. He wasn't particularly excited to know what would happen next. So much better this time around. Long six months ahead.
1: Yeah, Chris in the UK reminded me of that, actually. I remember saying that at the end of season three, I was not all that excited to see where we were going to go because I was so disappointed by that season finale. And it turns out season four was was okay, wasn't perfect. It it felt like two separate halves that kind of joined with their, you know, the other seasons a little bit better. But overall, I do enjoy it, and I think it went to some interesting places. And this season finale is absolutely miles and eons better than season three. Eons better. It is a long time better. It is a long time better. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh eons ahead of season three eons ahead okay well and we way, can get there in 20 parsecs way way better is all right. I'm saying it's uh, so much better I am not disappointed at all by the season finale here and I very much look forward to and I'm and I'm excited about what is going to happen in season five and you know the nice thing is I really don't know I really can't predict how they're going to get out of this boxcar Who's going to survive, who's not, who's going to continue to show up at Terminus, what's going to happen with Terminus, how long they're going to stay there, if they're just going to leave. You know, I don't know the answers to any of these questions, and I can't even really predict them. So that's what I like. That's how I want to go forward, and I'm very much more excited about season five than I was about season four at the end of season three. Cool. You know, I'm looking forward to it. You are, eh? Do you, did you have the same? You didn't have the same feeling as I did after season three, eh?
2: Uh, I don't think I quite had the same feeling, but I, I you know, it re- was really uh, lackluster. You know, a bunch of people
1: show up in a bus. Okay, so what? Now it's a uh, holy shit. What's going to happen now? Yeah, I mean, having the governor still be alive after season three, he's out there. That just wasn't compelling for me. He, yeah. he was, he was wandering around. Now we got to f- find out what happens to him. That's fine. We don't really know, but. It just didn't do it for me. In this case, it's very focused. It's like our heroes are in trouble. There, we don't know what's going to happen, and we got to find out how they can get out of trouble and what it's going to cost them. Right. So it's it's awesome. Okay, this is a call it comes from Lauren in Dallas.
3: Hi, Chris and Jason. This is Lauren from Dallas. Um, I just wanted to call in and remind y'all that I think it was Glenn who took the poncho from the prison when he went back in and was packing everything up. I think I remember that. So anyways, I think Glenn took the poncho, and that's how Maggie ended up with it. Um, But anyways, I also wanted to call in and just give y'all a little funny tidbit. Um, Y'all had talked about the lady who was recording the message for Terminus and said that she probably did it so much that she said it in her sleep. Well, I can speak from personal experience that if you say something that is exactly the same enough times, yes, you will say it in your sleep. I have worked at a movie theater since I was 16, so almost six years now. And, yeah, uh, I frequently will speak in my sleep and tell people which theater to go to and which way it is. And, yeah. So I just thought I'd let y'all hear that little tidbit, and I'm excited to see what y'all do for the summer. Thanks for the podcast. It's great. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you, Lauren. So, uh, if you record the same radio message over and over again, Jason, you Mm -hmm. will say it in your sleep.
2: Well, I think uh, it's very handy that Lauren says that in her her sleep, because then people, you know, if she happens to fall asleep at work, she's all set. Yeah. Directing people to the right
1: theater, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Excuse me, miss, where's the uh, Captain America movie playing? Oh, theater six... Starting 30, right 5.30, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's handy. You'll never get fired for sleeping at work. That's true. It's very good.
2: All right, next we have Darcy in John Juke, Victoria, Australia. Do you think I'm saying that right?
1: I don't know. We've had Darcy uh, on—we've uh, read something from Darcy before, and I, I didn't know how to pronounce it then either, so.
2: Perfect. That's it, uh, that's it then. Uh, All in all, the Walking Dead season 4 finale served as a response to a question Rick has been asking himself himself nearly since the start of the series. What kind of man am I? The answer, at least to some degree, is whatever kind of man the moment demands, which is exactly what he'd need to be in order to make a strong and viable leader in this world. While I do feel that the conclusion could have been stronger, this was one of the most well-directed and executed episodes in the latter half of the season. This installment, in fact, the season as a whole, seems to have been attempting to close accounts on what's past and create the ground for some new. Uh, it's been imperfect and often uneven, but and yet there is something about this created universe that keeps us wanting more. Overall, I enjoyed the episode and look forward to what's n- what next year brings.
1: Yeah, I wanted to give Darcy here more or less the last word in the feedback section and because I think he summed it up really well season 4 was a bit of a transition and i we've i've already kind of talked about this but it was a bit of a transition into something new and uh like i've f- just finished saying it's we don't know where it's going and and i think that's a, go- a really good thing you know i i don't like to be able to predict it too much it's good to have an idea because then you can sit back and be like oh i saw that coming but they did it a little bit differently or whatever um but i think the the show is stronger and better now than it was twelve months ago or right. even even before that in season two. I would agree with that. And uh I think we're looking good. Okay. Uh thank you everyone who wrote in. What we're gonna do now is read a couple more of uh terminus names for people that, that you guys sent in. Cool. Not all. Uh just gonna read a few that I liked from certain people. And uh did I send these to you, Jason? Yep. All right. So let's let's alternate. I'll I'll do the first one here. Kara on the internet The Stookie Monster is Morpheus Oh yeah And Abraham is Beefcake
2: Oh, Kara <laughs> likes Abraham
1: I guess so Alright, so Emily
2: in Lexington, Kentucky Tara is first uh, fist bump And Eugene is Captain Planet <laughs> Okay and, uh, em- Emily says, uh, I would be little red Due to my short stature and bright red hair That sounds perfectly appropriate
1: Captain Planet, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah captain planet <laughs> the armored pierogi uh anyways brian from denver denver stuckey is happy meal because he's so happy i take it yep. A- abraham is bone-in ham <laughs> abraham abraham bone-in ham
2: well I, well I, I gotta think that uh abra means bone in i think because ham is you know ham ham
1: is ham absolutely abra i'm gonna look at uh abra that, that that sounds like arm maybe I don't know. Anyways, that's good. Bone in ham. And Carol is M-I-L-F-O, also known as Milfo, which is a mother I'd like to feast on. <laughs> Perfect. What do you think of that one, Jason? <laughs> I think that's good.
2: <laughs> All right. All right. Lastly, we have a call from Vicky in
1: Jersey. Yes, we do.
4: Hey, everyone. This is Vicky from Jersey. Uh, these are the names that I came up with that the termites would have given our heroes And I'm thinking it probably would have been early on in their capture, so that would explain some of the names. Okay, starting with Maggie and Glenn. Maggie would have been Poncharita, and Glenn, boyfriend. Bob, smiley. Sasha, tiny. Abraham, red. And Eugene, heavy metal mullet. Um, and also Rosied, uh, Rosita, Rosita would ha- would be named Brown Chicken Brown Cow. Me, after all of that ordeal, I probably would go with Stinky. Okay, I'll talk to you all ar- later, and uh, thanks for having me on. All right, bye bye.
1: Thanks, Vicki. Thank so, you. So Brown Chicken Brown Cow, Jason, is this yeah. is this something you're familiar with? Because I had to look it up.
2: No, I thought that was completely made up. I didn't have uh, any... It, it didn't spark any kind of memory or association in any way.
1: What is it? Uh, no, I had to... Uh, it, to me, it sounded like something that, you know, meant something else. And so I went and looked it up, and it does, in fact, refer to something. And I'm is just going to... porn it in, in music, music in, in a porn movie? Yeah. a wow-wow? Exactly. Oh, really? Exa- I got that right? Exactly. Some people think that sounds like brown chicken, brown cow and um i i went looking for that and found a song on youtube by a country artist i don't remember his name right now called brown chicken brown cow the video is hilarious it involves puppets and farmers and you need to go watch it right now
2: well we're podcasting right now but uh you know immediately
1: post podcast i will uh maybe, have a look maybe after yeah it's uh it it really is pretty pretty funny. And um, Brown Chicken, Brown Cow. There you that, go. That is funny.
2: Yeah. My favorite country song name, by the way, is, uh, it, or it's song title is, If I Shot You When I Wanted To, I'd Be
1: Out By Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what's wrong with country music? Uh, n- nothing.
2: That's not, that's not, a, you know, example of something that's wrong with country music. That's an example of awesome country
1: music title. That is something that is really, really right with uh, country music. <laughs> Alright, so I looked up Abra for Abraham, Abraham. Yep. And an Abra is
2: an actin binding row activating protein that is a protein in humans uh, is encased by the Abra gene. Okay. So that's the kind of ham that he is.
1: He's a protein gene ham. Actin actin binding real a uh, row activating protein. Alright. Nothing to do with bone in, eh? So yeah,
2: act uh actin binding A B row activating ra abraham
1: interesting abraham yeah. okay thank you everyone is that it yeah that's it for uh feedback and names and everyone um that was awesome so overall um i think most people really really enjoyed the season finale and season yeah. 4 in general sounds like sounds it. like it yeah all right folks we're going to take a quick break to uh talk about patreon a little bit And when we come back, we will be doing the Walking Dead news. There's some interesting stuff to get caught up on there. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back after this quick break.
0: Thank you, patrons.
1: That's right. As listener Rada said just there, thank you, patrons. <laughs> nice. Uh, he he wanted to record a bumper for us for this thing, so uh, I'm happy to play that. We got some more people to thank who have gone over to patreon.com slash Jason, Cool. And I would like to do that right now. At the silver level, we have James. We've got Don. We have Sean... Naranjo Glowatsky. I'm sorry, Sean. We've got <laughs> Jazreal Supatran. Supatran? And we have Austin. Austin. <laughs> Austin. Yeah, Are that you pronouncing one, that one right? That one I'm pretty sure I have. I have correct, yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone who has pledged a little bit of money there. At the gold level, we have Katie Stubbs, Michelle Peoples, Chuck from Planet Earth, and Anthony Stoops. Thanks to you guys as well for pledging a little bit of money towards the cause here. If you want to uh, pledge some money towards The Talking Dead and everything we do and possibly have your name read out on the air, just like everyone that I just went through, you can go over to patreon.com slash thetalkingdead and uh, throw a little bit of cash our way just to keep things up and running here and uh, keep it going. And if you join at the... One of the higher levels, there are a couple rewards for you. You can have you know signed postcards sent out to you, or at the platinum level, friend of the show Dave has been doing one of a kind zombie drawings on postcards, and we're sending those out to everyone who joins at the uh, platinum level of support. Mm-hmm. And just so everyone knows, those postcards, the the first round are done, and they're going to be coming out to you very, very soon. They'll probably be shipping next week at the latest. At the
2: the latest for the new ones, I'm shipping, uh, I've got a bunch ready to go and they'll be in the mail tomorrow. So hopefully you'll get them soon.
1: All right, cool. So very, very soon they're coming out. This is the first round, so we're just getting around to getting them going as we move forward. Hopefully this system will be a little smoother. But We will formalize the assembly line for getting all this done and getting things in the mail in a timely manner. Absolutely. But rest assured they're on the way. Once again, thanks to everyone that's done that. And when you receive these these one of a kind zombie drawings, it would be really great if you tweeted a picture or Facebooked a picture. Just uh, you know, if you want to, you don't have to, but if you're if you're if you're happy with it, which I really hope you are, tweet it out, let people know. And um uh what would be really really fantastic because dave is doing this for nothing he's just helping us out uh because he's a great artist and he um and i asked him basically to uh throw some throw some zombie art our way it'd be really great if you tweeted out and you included at renerd that's his twitter handle at r-e-n-e-r-d on your tweet um include at talking dead if you want to as well but uh it's all about dave's art on these things so get him out there let your followers know and um I think that would be really awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyways, thanks everyone for supporting us on Patreon. If you want to do that too, you can go to patreon.com/theTalkingDead, and uh, we really appreciate every little amount that you can pledge. Thank you very much.
0: The Walking Dead News. All right,
1: Jason, it's time to do some Walking Dead news, my friend. Oh, it's been a while. It has been a while, and there's a few interesting things to talk about. So the first one, we'll just ease in here. What do you say?
2: Okay, we'll just slide right in.
1: We'll just slide right back into the news and talk about the ratings a little bit for the season finale. So episode 16, uh, do you want to take a, you want to guess at how many viewers it had? 17 viewers. A little bit more. A little bit more. 19 viewers. No, closer to 15.7 million viewers. Holy crap. That's quite a few. Now, just to give you some additional statistics, that is a 17% increase over the previous episode, number 15, and that is 26% more than the season three finale. That's a quarter. Yeah, just, just over. over
2: a quarter. I'm I'm doing I'm the, I'm right on the math on that, right? I believe you are.
1: 26%, yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's amazing. And that makes it the second highest rated episode I believe of all time uh behind the season 4 premiere, which had 16.11 million. Cool. So, going strong. I mean, there's not much more you can say about this. It's the highest rated show on TV or cable show, I guess on TV and it is just destroying the competition. Right. Destroying <laughs> just, it.
2: Absolutely destroying it. I I just read a, or heard a news article that uh, the season four premiere of Game of Thrones had a record-breaking 6.6
1: 6 million viewers. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. Game of Thrones is a really popular show, a really good show, and people love it. People talk about it constantly. I have someone in my office who came up to me last week and said, are you going to watch the premiere of Game of Thrones? And I said, no, because I'm still getting caught up. I still have to watch season three. Mm-hmm. And then Monday came around, uh, like the weekend went by, and she came over and said, are you caught up yet? I'm like, <laughs> geez, give me five minutes. It's 10 episodes. I can't watch 10 episodes in two days with kids and all that sort of thing. So people love Game of Thrones. And there were 6 million viewers as opposed to fi- almost 16 million for The Walking Dead. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think it has anything to do with the accessibility of the show? Like, is is um, is Game of Thrones just not as accessible to people because it's on HBO? Well, it, yeah,
2: and I think that uh, there is a difference between the the two networks, right? We have uh, we have a broadcast network, and then we have the specialty channel HBO. Uh, so, I, I think that
1: really does have something to do with it. So, if you if you try to um, adjust for that you know, account for that. Does 6 million viewers on HBO bring it up closer to, like, a 16 million for, for Walking Dead, or can you not do that?
2: Or are you trying to count, like, an HBO viewer as two people? Like, what are you trying to do here? If 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 Game of Thrones was
1: on AMC... Oh, would, I see. If would, you ported would, it over to yeah. a
2: broadcast network, would it get a lot more viewers?
1: That's what I'm saying. Can you do well, you're that? you're damn or is right that not you fair? would,
2: because there's, like, a lot of nudity in that show. So I'm, pe- I'm sure people will be all over it.
1: I guess you can't really do that because it wouldn't be the same show if it was not on HBO. No. It'd be totally different. Um. So anyways, bottom line is The Walking Dead is just destroying everything. They're making them look like dummies with, you know, three times as many viewers as almost everything else. So right.
2: It's Maybe really- that's what Rick means, that uh, they're really going to feel dumb when they uh, when they you know they realize who we are <laughs> because uh, the people at terminus just do not have the viewership no that, i guess that no. our heroes have
1: they don't have 16 million people behind them they're, they're... really going to feel stupid yeah they really are yeah all right next item in the news three actors have been promoted to series regular hey <gasps> can i guess sure give me give <laughs> me the give me 3
2: is it our intrepid uh, wanderers that are heading to
1: uh uh what do you call that? Washington, D.C.? So you're guessing Abraham, Rosita, Eugene. and Eugene. Yes. You would be incorrect. I would be incorrect. You would not be entirely incorrect, because Rosita, Christian Serratos, Serratos, Serratos is one of the three. Okay. The other ones are Alana Masterson, who plays Tara. Oh, good. Series regular. And here is probably the most curious. Andrew J. West, plays the character of Gareth, at Terminus. Really, really series regular. So that means, well, I guess it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it you would think that means that Gareth is going to be around for a while in season five.
2: I would think so. So they, that that's interesting because that uh, does that give us an idea of who's on the chopping block as far as uh, who will die and who will not die?
1: Well, I don't really think so, because the first thing I thought was, like you, what the hell about, what about Michael Cudlitz and Josh McDermott? You know, the other three people on their way to Washington, the other two people. And I went and looked that up a little bit. Apparently, they are already considered series regulars. They were promoted from day one. Oh, I see. And, and, but, but Rosita was not. So So we just have to get our heads out of our asses and get our facts straight. It's not that these people weren't series regulars. It's that these people are now series regulars. Yeah, that these three are. But Michael Cudlitz, Josh McDermott were from the beginning, apparently. So they've always had the intention of keeping them around. But at the same time, Lawrence Gilliard Jr., the Stookie Monster, was made a series regular earlier this season as well. Right. So Good, because
2: I was worried about him based on his haircut
1: at uh, Walker StalkerCon back in Atlanta.
2: Cause, um. well, because I was in the middle of shooting, right? Oh, yeah, so, you're right. Uh, we talked about this. You know, If their hair was the same at the con as it is in the show, then that means that they're maintaining their appearance for the show and they're going to live. But if their hair is different, that means they've stopped filming that particular character and let their hair grow. And uh, uh, his hair was a little bit longer than the Stokey monsters, so I was worried.
1: It was, but remember when we got that flashback of Daryl and Glenn picking up Bob, his hair was a little bit longer, so I bet you he grew it for that scene. I bet you he did. And when you think about it, the stuff with Herschel in the flashbacks in the season finale was new shot footage. That wasn't shot back in the day, so Scott Wilson had to keep his big beard and hair to come back and do that. So beards and hair seem to have no indication of whether characters will live or die, considering Herschel died and then came back. Right. And the Stooky monster is still around and grew his hair out for a flashback scene.
2: So my theory is like right out the window, is what you're saying.
1: Well, I mean, maybe it's not 100% incorrect, but it seems like it's more complex than that.
2: Well, it seems like so far I'm 100%
1: wrong. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But I still have hopes. Sure. (laughs) One of these times, you might be right. (laughs) Yes. You never know. Yeah. Uh, So anyways, congratulations to Alana, Christian, and Andrew. I think the most curious thing here is uh, Andrew playing Gareth, um, because that would seem to be, seem to indicate that he'll be around for a while. But you know what? Maybe they're just screwing with us. He'll be a series regular for one or two episodes, and then he'll be killed off. Who knows? He he is an episode regular for the uh, season premiere. Exactly. He's a series regular for the premiere. That's about it. Okay, Jason, earlier I sent you a link before we started recording, and that was to a poster. Have you pulled that up in front of yourself yet? I am looking at the poster as I am talking. So this is an officially released by AMC teaser poster for season five, or maybe not in so many words because it doesn't say season five or it doesn't say returns in October or anything like that. It is a picture of Rick crouching, holding a gun, which is not his python. No, it's a semi-automatic. Yep. And he's all in darkness except for some sort of uh, window or light source that is beaming down on him. And the word survive is scrawled across the top. It looks like he's in a church. Like that that
2: window, uh, you know, the light that he's uh, in the middle of looks like it's a a stained glass window mm-hmm. the pattern on the floor on the ground is a is a stained glass window type pattern
1: so i think he might be in a survive church i think you're absolutely right i think i didn't notice that when i first looked at this poster i was looking at this thinking boxcar thinking they're in a boxcar it's dark that's where he is but oh they don't put stained glass windows in boxcars no they do not as soon maybe as maybe
2: if they take the boxcar boxcar and convert it to a restaurant they might put something fancy in there cuz they've done that
1: Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they're not doing that at Terminus.
2: It's a reverse restaurant.
1: (laughs) Terminus, the reverse restaurant. That's right. (laughs) Anyways, as soon as I saw the pattern of the light on the ground, that was my first thought, too. It really looks like a church window with squared off sort of one side, arched on the top, and stained glass-type patterns on it. And... I, the more I started thinking about this, I was like, well, this is clearly not Boxcar. Rick is out. He's got his gun. He's he's in this light. I mean, maybe they're hinting at what's to come. Maybe this scene has absolutely nothing to do with Boxcar or Terminus or anything like that. Right. This so poster... you think it's just a one-off? Well, what do you mean? Like it's it doesn't have anything to do with the show? No, no, no. I think it's trying to hint at something that's coming up on the show without you know, without being super obvious about it. Right. Because, I, you know, I'm sure we're not the first people to to notice the pattern of the lights on the ground, but I hadn't seen that reported anywhere online. So, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe we are the first people. I'm just saying probably not. But anyways, I'm thinking that I think what they're trying to do here is be like, you know, we left our characters locked in a dark place and that's kind of what this looks like. But, oh, look, there's a hint that that might not be what we're talking about here right
2: or maybe abraham is carving a stained glass
1: window into the uh, side of the boxcar.
2: but then rick has his gun and they took his gun away from him so who knows
1: yeah exactly so i think it's a great tease great teaser poster to be honest with you it's very subtle and it doesn't give anything away but it hints at stuff i would i would say so i think they've done a really nice job with this poster and i quite like it myself I feel sufficiently teased by this poster. You do, eh? All right. right. Very good. Uh, if you guys have any other thoughts about this poster, um, I might post it on our Facebook page later tonight. And uh, But if you have any thoughts, send us an email. Give us a call. We would love to hear if there's something that you see in here that that we aren't or that, that teases even something else or anything more. Right. Okay, moving right along. You remember the... Um, the spin-off or companion show as they're calling it that's coming up for the walking dead i do we have a little bit of news around that not okay. a great not a great deal but they have announced an executive producer and co-writer for that new show uh-huh. it is is one person filling both roles okay not two people is it is it you it is me. I'd just like to formally announce right now that <laughs> I will be co-writing and executive producing The Walking Dead spin off, The Walking Dead Las Vegas. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Is
2: it, is it me? Because I've been volunteered for stuff before that I didn't really want to do or was really qualified for.
1: No, I'm afraid it's not you either. It is Dave Erickson. Does that name, ring, name. Any, ring any bells?
2: Nah, uh, I know a Marshall Erickson. <laughs> well, I don't know him, and he's a fictional character,
1: but, uh... I don't think it's him. <laughs> Dave Erickson. He is known for Sons of Anarchy. Oh. He... What was his role? Was he the... Sh- he's not the showrunner. No, I'm not 100% sure. You could look that up while I'm talking, but he was involved in Sons of Anarchy. He also did some work on Low Winter Sun, another AMC show which is now cancelled. Yeah, And Defying Gravity, that, uh sci-fi major network show which I've never seen so he's got some pedigree he knows what he's doing everyone loves Sons of Anarchy even though I've only seen a few episodes of it co-executive producer is what I've got on Sons yeah okay well there he knows how to executive produce stuff then <laughs> he probably did some writing on that show too I don't know um, but Robert Kirkman had this to say. He said, I have been a huge fan of Dave Erickson for many, many years. He was the best possible guy for the job, and I'm very excited about this idea of doing this companion show for The Walking Dead. Right. <laughs> because, companion show. Yeah, it's not a spin off, It's a companion. Kirkman also said, The new show will be unique, exciting, and standalone. It will involve different new angles and tell new kinds of stories. New kinds of stories. Exactly.
0: Hmm.
1: What does that mean? Does that mean anything? More to you? ninja heavy. Well, it could be. Could be ninja heavy. Could this Walking Dead, this Walking Dead spin off, be less episodic? Could it be more individual mini stories? Like a, like could every episode involve different characters?
2: <sighs> That's so tough to do. That's I know. so
1: tough to do. I know, but I'm saying. If it's different kinds of stories, you know, there are only so many kinds of stories you can tell in the zombie apocalypse, at least from my closed-minded perspective. (laughs) Right. And, but if they did something where every episode was something different, something new, even different characters, different styles, that would be interesting, I gotta admit. It's hard to keep somebody's interest uh,
2: from week to week on that kind of thing. You're right. If I miss an episode, so what? Because I'm not going to be missing anything per se. Uh, So I'll catch it up again in a couple of weeks, and then it'll still be a standalone episode. So you miss one here and there, who cares? Whereas something, if you have a a serialized story that goes, continues from week to week, you really need to tune in. Right? So that, and it kind of works in some cases, like what they've had, what? Tales Tales from the Crypt. They had... uh, uh, what is that? Star Factor? No. What's that show you like?
1: Uh, I like lots of shows, Jason.
2: Uh, it's an old Twilight the, Zone.
1: The Twilight Zone. I love the Twilight.
2: Star Zone. Factor, as I call it. Apparently. <laughs> so the Twilight Zone. I mean, you can get away with that kind of stuff. Uh, in it, both of those are kind of a suspense horror kind of genres, right? So this, it, I suppose, it could work if done right, but it's uh, in my opinion, it would be tough to do. It's pretty pretty difficult. Yeah, I, it'd be I, it cheap. You wouldn't have to pay regular actors. You just get yourself some. Uh, you know, you put out a casting call. You you pick five people and you go, you're it. Let's film it. And I'm we pay you
1: scale. We all kind of know that AMC is you know known for their epic cheapness, right? So maybe they would be on board with that kind of thing. And uh, in my opinion, the Twilight Zone did it wonderfully because I absolutely love that show. But things have changed since the late 50s early 60s and now. You don't say. They they definitely have and we have a much more experienced TV viewing audience now than we did when TVs were first invented. <laughs> so you you you're, you're right. I mean it's it would be tough to pull off but if they did and they could and they did manage to pull it off in a really compelling way, I mean how awesome would that be? You you truly wouldn't know what to expect each week.
2: When Twilight Zone was popular, how many uh, many TV stations were there? Oh, I don't know. Three? NBC, ABC, CBS? Twilight Zone was on CBS, so I know that's one of them. So, you know, really you had three channels, and uh, so every every week when, you know, you started flipping channels, that's why you watched it, is because there was only three things on at any one time, and if it was opposite something that was... uh, that they threw up there because uh NBC and ABC knew that the Twilight Zone was on, so why bother competing with that? So they'd throw up uh you know, a Jim Dandy's juggling hour and you know, that's good to watch for five minutes, but really it's <laughs> kinda of boring. So uh, you know, you have the Twilight Zone, so that's that's you know, that's why it's good and why people watched it because there was really nothing else on. But now, you know, how many channels do we have now? Many,
1: many more thousands? Than three. Yeah
2: including other means of uh, downloading and viewing content like iTunes or Netflix and uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's really hard to compete in that kind of market with this kind of thing. So I have my doubts that it's this.
1: And a million other distractions too. You know, the internet didn't exist back then and I guess radio did, but there was still, I mean, there's, there's other things to do these days.
2: Well, in uh, the 50s, they had the advantage of uh, pe- people wanting to go outside. <laughs>
1: you know. that just doesn't happen anymore
2: yeah that yeah who 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 wants that
1: um, it, it, I could easily argue though that the Twilight Zone was a very very good show and it's not it wasn't popular just because it was the only thing on
2: oh sure use that <laughs> <You> <laughs> I
1: know, logic think...
2: and you know I've watched a few episodes you know I've watched the episode where uh, William Shatner was on it yeah that's not and even no, one of the best ones there was I mean, another one where a guy ran into a mirror
1: I forget what that one was uh well, there are five seasons worth, so yeah, yeah. there's there's a whole bunch. I, I've seen them all and uh I love it. Absolutely love it. Anyways, I just think if the, the Walking Dead spin off is new kinds of stories, that's I, I know it could mean anything, but I'm gonna speculate that maybe they're gonna go for for Zombie something cam? something something what? Shamble cam. Yeah. It's all from the perspective of the zombies. That'll be stimulating.
2: It's gonna be a mockumentary. <laughs>
1: Like the trailer park boys. Maybe it'll be documentary style. It'll be handheld camera style. Maybe it'll be like found footage type recounting of the zombie apocalypse. Oh God, I would hate that. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe. Yeah, could be. Maybe it would. Okay, two quick more news items here. The first one is AMC has partnered with a company called Next Games for a Walking Dead mobile game. Okay. Okay. So if you're into playing uh, games on your phone, you'll be able to do that in a Walking Dead game soon. It will launch around the time that season 5 does. Oh, that's a surprise. That's weird be... that would they would coordinate that uh, that kind of thing. I know, isn't that strange? That's totally yeah. bizarre. <laughs> and Deadline uh from deadline.com, they said our take on the Undead Survival franchise will match the Against All Odds action and moment-to-moment tension of the TV series. We want to find that sweet spot where gameplay and narrative inform and reinforce one another, said Timu Houtanen, uh, the CEO of Next Games.
2: Yeah, marketing mumbo-jumbo, blah-blah-blah, marketing, 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 bullshit, bullshit, you know, end quote.
1: Buy our game. <laughs> Buy our game. Yeah. um, But you know what? Whatever, I'm willing to give anything a chance except if it's a Facebook game because I never really gave that a chance. Uh, Well,
2: yeah, if it's a Facebook game, I won't even hear about it because I've never actually uh, in any way, I don't even know if you can, I don't know how this would work, but apparently there's uh, some kind of uh API that you can have custom games and stuff. Do you have to install these things? Uh I don't even know how they work.
1: No, what for Facebook? This is a whole other conversation, man. But yes, you can have games in applications (laughs) on Facebook and uh you can play them. I've tried the the Walking Dead Facebook game and Do you have to
2: like download them or do what do you do? No, you You play it in
1: you play it in your browser. Yeah, you authorize the game and that's it. And um you see? And it's, this stuff. it's basically a web based game that runs inside Facebook. So, okay, one more item here. And this is maybe the biggest one of the bunch, Jason. Okay.
2: The Walking I am paying attention.
1: De- Very good. The Walking Dead has been syndicated. Syndicated. That's right. It has been purchased by My Network TV, which is owned by Fox. So it's not that far out of the family. Uh, Fox International is the one that distributes The Walking Dead around the world. But My Network TV has got exclusive broadcast broadcast rights to re-air The Walking Dead. Cool. Now, here's the funny thing. According to Entertainment Weekly, uh, My Net reaches 97% of the United States, even though I've never heard of it. Have you ever heard right. of it? No. Nope, neither have I. 97% though. That's a pretty big audience. And currently, they mostly run reruns of things like Monk, House, Bones, and Law and Order. So oh, well, I would watch some of that. Major network shows. Their plan is to run two episodes of The Walking Dead a week, back-to-back on one night a week. And now I'm going to get to the funny thing. Okay. It will be edited for content. <laughs>
2: what kind of... <laughs> uh, okay. so Well, there's some pretty gory stuff. <laughs> yes, so what do you think is. they're going to do? They're just going to cut that out altogether, or do you think that they'll put... Uh, you know, uh, like they do with nudity sometimes? They draw on fake
1: uh, undergarments? Well, I don't really know. The the idea is they're going to edit it to maintain a TV-14 rating. If you recall, The Walking Dead originally was rated TV-14, but then um, some parents' television council group got involved and put pressure on them to change it because of the gore, and now the show is rated TV-MA which right. i think has actually been okay in the long run because they they've been now able to put in the odd extra swear word and stuff like that um but uh they're going to be editing it back down to that TV14 rating so so going to be 26
2: minutes an episode is that the is that what's going to happen now
1: well it's either going to be shorter or they're going to cut stuff out or somehow obscure it yeah I think this is an interesting idea. If even though I hate the sound of it, <laughs> they're going to
2: put black screen uh, on, uh, put a put up a black screen with a description of what's happening.
1: I mean, can you imagine in the season finale that part where the guy is surrounded by zombies and then he gets his eyeball bit out, basically? Or, yeah. or you know, I mean, that's going to be what are they going to do? Just cut that out? Are they going to put a big? Fuzzed out section over that part of the screen. I mean, it's going to be stupid. They're going to replace all the zombies with kittens. <laughs> it's a kitten <laughs> apocalypse. Well, I mean, that's and that a guy
2: sh- will be tickled by a bunch of kittens and puppies instead of having his eyeball eaten.
1: Oh, that's a show I might watch, but I don't I, want The Walking <laughs> Dead turned into <laughs> the you know the kitten apocalypse. Yeah. Um, too many cats.
2: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> the world has collapsed. <laughs> They're everywhere. Fuzziness. In... <laughs> anyways i i think this is an interesting experiment what I, my question for you is do you think there is a giant vast audience in the united states of people who have not watched the walking dead because it's too gory and will watched a toned down version or or even if just people who've never heard of the show let's say which clearly there's not many of but if they decide that they're going to watch it in syndication, do you think they're going to care at all that it's cut and edited, edited for content?
2: Uh, it's hard to say. I don't, I don't know because, uh, it depends on what the target audience of this, this television channel is, is the target audience, uh, you know, people that are, uh, you know, where all the TVs are, are behind cages or they can't turn the channel. Uh, but, you know, they, they pick a nice channel during the day and just leave it on there for a <laughs> group of people to what? watch. Like
1: TVs in prisons?
2: Yeah, TV in prison <laughs> or some kind of, you know, institutionalized uh, television show or television. Uh, or, you know, people that are, uh, you know, some people are too lazy to get up and turn a channel, so they put it on something that uh, just plays reruns of shows you recognize. But uh, since The Walking Dead will be played at 3 o'clock in the afternoon now, because they didn't announce a time slot, just two episodes back to back sometime during the week. I think in, in the, the evening, the one day, day a week,
1: yeah. But I don't
2: know. Well, wh- yeah, maybe it's during the day. Mm-hmm. You know, you could watch shows during the day. They put on Dallas at three o'clock in the afternoon, like reruns of Dallas. I'm yeah. sure somebody does that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's that edited for content thing. It's just it's you know why why would you pick this show up if you're going to have to edit it for content. It's, you know, part of the charm of the show is to have the content that's on the screen.
1: Yeah, but I mean, when you think about it, why wouldn't someone want to buy this for syndication? It's the most watched show on TV. Anybody would want this show, but is it the most watched because, you know, because of things... Like the zombie gore. I mean, I'm, uh, there's a lot of things that go into making it popular, I'm sure. But one of those things, no doubt, is the fact that it's a zombie show. And on a zombie show, people get eaten by zombies sometimes and torn apart and entrails and are spewed all over the place. So I think this is going to appeal to people that don't really have any other concept of what The Walking Dead is. Yeah. And have never heard of it or definitely never seen it. And now it's going to be on a channel they get, because maybe they don't get AMC, and they're going to be like, hey, great, I can watch The Walking Dead now. I wonder if my network TV has to make it known that this show has been edited or formatted to fit your screen or or formatted to fit your, you know, sensibilities. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's been formatted to fit your Puritan notions.
1: Yeah, that I don't know. I mean,
2: I don't know <laughs> if they have to do that, but maybe they do. That's like putting showgirls in syndication or in editing for content. Like, I've seen that, where they they draw on a bathing suit onto the strippers, but why would you pick a show like showgirls and then have to edit it for content? Like, yeah. But why would you Why would you pick that? This show is about strippers. Okay, This show is specifically about strippers, so why would you
1: decide to use this show and then edit it for content. No, that makes no sense because, you know, you know what you're getting with that. And I guess with The Walking Dead, you do too. But maybe the promise of 16 million viewers is too much to handle. Right. And the other thing is my network TV is owned by Fox. So Fox International just sold it to their little brother and is like, here you go. You can have this because we want to keep it in the family. So maybe that was part of the reasoning too. Right. I don't know. That's
2: like uh, buying the syndication rights for Deep Throat and then uh, <laughs> editing it for
1: content. So all you get is the story. Right. Nobody really wants that. <laughs> Have you ever tried watching it? Nope.
2: Never it's, seen it. I couldn't get all the way through it. It was too funny and weird, and I just
1: couldn't do it. I'm much more interested to see that Amanda Seyfried version of, uh, uh, of that story.
2: Oh we oh, we watched that that's what made us uh we watched that movie my wife and I and that's what made us want to it's like we should watch that deep throat movie so i downloaded a copy of it i got it, i found it on like uh, some porn website they had a full version of it so we tried watching it and it just like, couldn't get through it it was too Weird,
1: of course. I just found it on some website. I didn't know. No, it was a porn website. It was,
2: (laughs) you know, they offered up free porn, they just had a complete, unedited version of it, streamings, and a download
1: option. So I downloaded it. Hey, honey, come, let's sit down. We'll watch a movie together tonight.
2: Yeah, it was, it was too, uh, it was, yeah,
1: it's just a weird movie. It's hard to get through. It
2: was research.
4: wasn't research. I'm not sorry.
2: sugarcoating this in any way. <laughs> I my wife and I downloaded porn just to watch it for interest's sake, and it was not that interesting.
1: <laughs> All right. I, I know. It's just fun to make fun of you. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm sure you were watching it with the best of intentions. That's <laughs> right. For, for a laugh. <laughs> for a laugh. And hey, it worked for me anyway. Um, okay. So if you want to watch The Walking Dead, it will be in syndication on my network TV sometime In the future, I don't know when it'll be starting, but be warned, it will be edited for content. It'll be TV 14. So I wonder if because the first couple seasons were TV 14, they won't have to edit those at all.
2: Oh, they'll just re-air those, just keep running those on syndication. There you go.
1: That's what I'm thinking. Maybe they'll just, that's it, and then they'll never get to season three and four because those are when it became TV MA and they're like, ah, we can't, we can't deal with that. Right. I don't know. Maybe they're going to have, do they have to, I don't know. Does the rating retroactively apply? So like season one, is it TV mature now? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I I don't, I don't think so either. I think
2: it's, everything's rated once and then it's done and done. Done and done. Okay.
1: Well, that's it for the Walking Dead news, Jason. What did you think? How do you think that went for the first time in like almost, I don't know, eight months or whatever?
2: I like the news. I like knowing what's going on out there with The Walking Dead,
1: even if it's weird stuff like syndication and edited for content. Yeah. No, it's fun. It is good to pay attention to this sort of stuff. So that's going to wrap up our podcast for this week, everyone. The next one will most likely be all of the Record Your Favorite Scene entries, so keep an eye out for that. And then we will be recording our Season 4 wrap-up special, crossover special, with Jason and Karen of The Walking Dead cast at the um, end of the month. So that will be fun as well, and that you'll see that on the feed uh, at some point at the very beginning of uh, May, I think. Keep keep your internet tuned. That's right. Keep your internet dial tuned to The Talking Dead podcast. That's right. <laughs> yeah. How come that's never become a thing? Keep your internet dial tuned. Because that's just dumb. It's just dumb? Well, yeah, go, it go figure.
2: You don't tune in. It's not, the internet's not broadcast to your house.
1: Go figure. You heard it here first, and it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> we thought of it. Thought it was dumb and dismissed it right away. Yeah, right away. All right. So that's that's what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks around here. After that, uh, we will have more podcasts coming up about video games and books and all sorts of good things like that, all relating to The Walking Dead, so uh, stay tuned. In the meantime, though, if you want to get in touch with us, you can give us a call on the zombie line, 1-866-483-ZOMB, that is 9662, or even better, go to our website and click the Send Voicemail button. And you can use your microphone that's most likely built right into your computer to record a message and uh email it straight to us. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com/slash the Dead, where most of the action happens and we're approaching fifty thousand likes, everyone. Tell your friends, get us to fifty thousand, and Jason has promised to post something. That should tell, be... tell
2: your mom. Tell your mom,
1: because she's probably just joined Facebook. And uh, we'll need to like things. That's right. She'll need a few things to like, so why not start with us? Yeah. Why not? And Jason posting something, that's uh, special enough right there. I'm thinking of something right now to
2: post. Well, I'm trying to think of something right now to post, but we'll see.
1: All right. Well, you may have a, a few days yet, or maybe even more before we get to 50,000. So yeah, uh, Jumped 25 since the beginning of this podcast. Fuck. See what I mean? Oh, excuse me. See what I mean? It's uh, <laughs> It's just crazy time. We're not uh, editing for content. No, we we definitely don't. Uh, we don't edit for content or quality. <laughs> you, can, you can also send... This podcast e- has been formatted to fit your earphones. <laughs> <laughs> you can send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. And once again, if you would like to support us on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash thetalkingdead. A big thank you to everyone who has already done that. And uh, you know you want to join that club. Yeah, you do. Uh, All right, everyone. Thanks uh, for tuning in. Until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening.
2: Ciao.